You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today we're talking about... Uh, of course, the Belk Bowl. Kentucky has been chosen to play in the Belk Bowl. There's some confusion about that. We'll discuss that and talk about the opponent, Virginia Tech, a little bit. And then we'll uh, discuss UK basketball's win Friday over Fairleigh Dickinson, which was an easy win and a career day for EJ Montgomery. And then Tyler O'Hero is just cooking people. Uh, had a monster night for Miami. I mean, the night that he had is uh, it's really impressive. I... I I'm kind of mind blown that we're even uh, seeing the numbers that we're seeing. So, uh, Bam Adebayo was good too. We'll talk about that as well. But we will start with uh, the day that began with a tweet from Brett McMurphy, who has sources in every uh, bowl game from from the Bahamas to Detroit, uh, and he's tweeting out who's playing who uh, before all the announcements are made. And so he says it's Kentucky and Indiana in the Gator Bowl and. Basically, when Brett McMurphy says it, you go, yeah, I'm trusting that. He's a longtime yep. ESPN college football insider. He's now a stadium. Uh, he's always been reliable. And then he says Tennessee and Louisville in the Music City Bowl. Uh, Scott Satterfield for Louisville begins his press conference talking about Tennessee as their opponent. He is then told uh, that there's been a change and Mississippi State is now the opponent. So that gives you a little bit of insight into what was going on because we started reporting, or I know um, where I was with WKYT and at Fox 56 when this stuff was going on. That's what we were saying, and that's what we were researching is um, Indiana and to talk about Indiana. And then it uh, and then it turned. It turned uh, dramatically there towards the end. And then finally at 4.30 we found out it was officially the Belk Bowl. Yeah, that was uh, it was quite an adventure. The, the the bowl selection process, especially when you're like not in the playoff uh, or not, and you know you're not in one of the major bowls, New Year's Six bowls. It's usually not that dramatic, you know. It's just like, well, we're going to whatever next level bowl. Um, but but today had some drama, and and of course, it like a big piece of it is it involved a rival. Yes, that's, you know Tennessee. Uh, and essentially, what we gather now, uh, based you know on what people, some some folks reported, and also what Phil Fulmer said, that the former Tennessee coach who's now their AD, basically Tennessee couldn't make up its mind which bowl it wanted to go to, and oh. <laughs> and Tennessee Tennessee had priority. Um, yeah, and, that and, loss to Tennessee. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round, Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, and and that's the reason. Like, I know some Kentucky fans are frustrated because it was Tennessee that bumped them because it feels like Philip Fulmer like outmaneuvered them. I saw some people criticizing Mitch Barnhart, like he bullied you. No, he didn't. He didn't. This is not like a bully thing. This is no. Tennessee had the choice. Period. Right. You lost to Tennessee, and I thought it was interesting that Mitch Barnhart essentially, and he his comments after it was all done. Basically said, when you're seven and five, you get what you get. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like exactly. When yeah. you're in the position where we are, you get what you get. Like you don't own. I think he said you don't own the day. 
right. when you're when you're you know a seven and five team. You're 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 not in a position of power. You you know you're happy to be going to a bowl game uh, and a good bowl game. This is not you know they didn't end up in Memphis. They didn't end up in Shreveport. They ended up in a good bowl game in a better city. I mean, uh, people are hung up on like going to a warm state. Like Jacksonville sucks. Jacksonville, Florida is a terrible city, and Charlotte. It's a cool, not a good bowl destination. It's I mean, not the, the no. area around the stadium and the stuff to do. I mean, I mean, people got shot. Yes, I mean, like actually not, shot the last time yes, they were there. Right. Uh, Charlotte's a cool town, and it's easier to get to, and you can drive to it if you want. And, and it's New Year's you know, Eve in Charlotte. A, yeah, and the, yeah, I mean, like it's a great Games town. At noon. That's a great town to go out in on New Year's. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in Charlotte when I was uh, covering the ACC and Virginia Tech. And that, and speaking of, that's who they're playing. It, this is the somebody said to me a week or so ago the Kyle Tucker Bowl. Uh, my two <laughs> my two beats. I covered Virginia Tech for eight years, and now I've, I'm in my ninth year covering uh, Kentucky. Um, and it's it, coincidentally, it is the last game for Bud Foster, the legendary. Right, uh, defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech, one of the one of the greatest defensive coordinators in college football history, um, is thirty three years. Yeah, he's been at Virginia Tech. He played for Frank Beamer at Murray State, and then uh, well, no, followed he, him. It was, he played for Mike Godfrey. Oh, that's right, Frank, and then and then joined. Then he and then coached he was on, with right, Frank Beamer right. on that yes. staff. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. I should have. Yeah, I should have known that. But uh, uh, yes, he started with Frank Beamer at Murray State, and then came with him and stayed. Uh, Stayed when he had chances to be a coordinator at other schools. When you know, stayed when he had a chance to. At one point, he I think he was put his name in the hat for the Kentucky head coaching job. Right, two I or three that. times ago. He's yeah. from he's from Kentucky. Uh, Bud Foster is, and uh, so that's that's all all very interesting storylines. But in terms of the drama, what it boiled down to was Tennessee had the choice because they beat Kentucky head to head because they were two games. Uh, ahead of Kentucky in the SEC standings. Mm-hmm. I mean, in every way, they had precedent. They had also been longer since they'd been in the Gator Bowl. They're, like, everything, if Tennessee wanted to go to the Gator Bowl, they were going. And it wasn't about AD maneuvering other than, you know, Fulmer deciding where he wanted to go. Mitch Barnhart couldn't just, like, be no. tough, get in there and be tough and then push push somebody around and get them to the Gator no. Bowl. It, it wasn't the option. That's not how it works. Well, Tennessee uh, clearly had all kinds of things to consider. I feel like from Tennessee's perspective, the Music Bowl is kind of Music City Bowl is kind of like a consolation prize. Like, yeah, yes. it's in that. It's you're not going City anywhere. Bowl. I mean, you're not. Right. You're, you know, for your players, you're not going anywhere. You're getting but on from a bus. From a ticket and, perspective and the money side of it, they're probably thinking, well, that's why we got to consider it. Uh, right. Other- I mean, your fans. You know, you're gonna you're gonna bring you know, 40,000 plus fans or more, I mean, you know, to, to Nashville because they're all right there. Um, and yeah, with them I, not having gone to the Gator Bowl in a while, I'm sure they'll travel well there also. But I got to think a little bit of recruiting comes into it and thinking about, well, if Kentucky goes to the Gator Bowl, you know, that versus helps them, us right? going to the Gator Bowl, you know, yeah, I think so. I think well, and there's also, I mean, there – also, once you kind of get a sense for who else is going to be playing opposite you, if I'm if I'm uh, you know Tennessee, who do I think I can beat? You know, Louisville or Indiana? You know, maybe you know maybe that comes into play. Like you want to win your bowl game. Um, you know, I think. Well, they should have picked Louisville. I'm mean, after yeah, what Kentucky maybe, did yeah. to them. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm sold on Indiana. They had a great season by their standards, but they didn't beat any of the good, you know, the good teams they played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and so the other piece of that for Kentucky, when you talk about the, the opponent, is, you know, it would have been cool, I think, because of the rivalry, the rivalry piece of it with Indiana, that you know everybody's wanted them to play in basketball, and that wasn't that's not going to happen. But that, now you play in football, and that, I think there were a lot of people that could get excited about Indiana. But that's not a real sexy matchup in general. I think the I think this what they ended up with gives them a chance for the second straight year to win a bowl game that makes a statement about your program. Because I agree, because Virginia Tech's an eight and four team, and they're an established program. Um, they, yeah, I mean, that's a better win than Indiana. I mean, it's about brand names, you know, and yeah. branding, and and Virginia Tech, whatever they are compared to what they were at the height of things under Frank Beamer, like they're much more of a brand. I mean, Indiana is like, oh, you beat Indiana, <laughs> like they play football, you know. Um, but if you beat Penn State and then you beat Virginia Tech in your bowl games, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's a huge. Uh, thing so this is this to me is more of an opportunity for them to to go you know this eight and four was pretty impressive um yeah i'm with you on that so i you know i don't or eight and five so i i i i I don't think there's reason to be incensed except for the people that and this is and this is frankly on them like they bought tickets if they bought tickets based on those on one guy's reporting before it was official uh, like that's sort of on you. I mean, you've got to wait until it's officially out there. I do sympathize because if you bought a non-refundable ticket, you're—I'm sure—you're just irate. Um, but in general, like there was nothing Kentucky could do about this. You know, it wasn't Mitch Barnhart failing as an AD to stand up for his team. It wasn't anything. Tennessee had the choice. Period. If you yeah. get one yard and you beat Tennessee, you have the choice. Exactly. Period. And then there's no, and you have a better record. Like, if if tennis if Kentucky gets one yard, Kentucky is eight and four, and Tennessee is six and six, and yeah. and you have the head to head win. Like, there's not even a then there's no decision at all. In fact, then you may end up in a better bowl than the Gator Bowl. Yeah. Um, so, you know, get the yard, and you can then then you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> But but as it is, I mean, this all shook out pretty good for Kentucky. More, I think more of their fans can, and maybe more of them will, uh, come now to this. I mean, they were just in yeah. Jacksonville, and people who went, I'm sure they love that they were at the Gator Bowl, but also realized this is kind of a crappy bowl destination, uh, you know, city wise, and you know they haven't been to Charlotte, so maybe some people yeah. will, will will make that trip. Well, well, we'll discuss this more. We're going to talk UK basketball, of course, and uh, a little bit more about this bowl game in our next in our next segment. But first, uh, let me tell you about Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live, and uh, you can hit you know Kyle Tucker up at at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H or at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Kentucky is Belk Bowl bound. That game is December 31st at noon 
in the stadium where the NFL's Carolina Panthers play. It's the first bowl game of the day. Uh, and there's no other bowl game on until 2 o'clock. So all of college football fans' eyes, that audience, will be watching uh, Kentucky and Virginia Tech in this game. Uh, UK's first trip ever to the Belk Bowl. The tickets go on sale at 9 a.m. Monday morning at uh, UKFootballTicks.com. It's only a three-hour drive from Blacksburg, so if you want to show up and support your team, uh, you better get some tickets because uh, three-hour, I mean, that's that's a trip to Nashville for UK fans uh, the way it is for uh, Virginia Tech fans to get to Charlotte. But and, and again, it's Bud Foster's last game, so I think, yeah. people, I think people will show up to, uh, to say goodbye to him. And now, these two teams have not played since 1987. It was Halloween night in Commonwealth Stadium. And Kentucky won that game 14-7. to They've played 19 times overall. UK is 11-6-2 all-time in the series. Uh, The first meeting was back in 1926, so it's not even like it's a fresh new thing. They've they've played uh, way, way back, but it's been quite a while since since the last time they played. And Virginia Tech, uh, the season was probably not the way they wanted it to go, uh, but they were still where they wanted to be at the very end, when they went, I mean, they almost beat Notre Dame. In South Bend, Virginia Tech lost 21-20 to a then number 16 ranked Notre Dame team. And then came back and looked impressive with wins over Wake Forest, back-to-back shutouts of Georgia Tech and Pitt. And then they were in position to win the ACC Coastal Division and would have played Clemson Saturday night uh, for the ACC Championship had they not uh, blown their 15-game win streak over Virginia. In that yep. final game of the season, they and they lost were to and they led in the fourth quarter of that game. So yeah, uh, interesting. By the way, the last time, <clears throat> excuse me, the last time Kentucky and Virginia Tech played was 1987. That was Frank Beamer's first season, uh, and he was the. I, I assume the reason they played. Jerry Claiborne was the coach at uh, Kentucky, and mm-hmm. he was Frank Beamer's old coach. Um, yeah. And so they they had a this uh, great uh, relationship, um, and. Um, Frank, so so the last time they played was Frank Beamer's first season, and then the next time they play Bud is going to be Bud Foster's uh, last season. So that's that's that pretty interesting. Pretty yeah. The other thing that's kind of interesting, I wrote a piece for the Athletic. I'll tweet it out here in a little bit. Um, last year, I called Frank Beamer because um, people have asked me this before. Like you know, Virginia Tech was built up out of nothing by Frank Beamer, no history really to speak of. And they were yeah. cratered out as a program because of uh, NCAA sanctions related to, I think, buying firewood for Bruce Smith's family when they recruited him uh, back in the day. Um, and so people have always asked me, like, you know, is there anything? Okay, so I, so I had my microphone muted for a second there because I had to cough and clear my throat. But yes, then I almost choked again. When you said buying firewood for Bruce Smith's family, yes, I believe that. I, I I'll have to double check, <laughs> but I think it was way before my time. I think the way Virginia Tech ended up on probation was that at least part of it was that like they bought like a truckload of firewood for Bruce Smith's family. <laughs> uh, I, I I mean I, I tell you I, what, Frank, if you want Bruce to come there and play for you, <laughs> well, it wasn't Frank; it was under the previous coach. Oh, it was under uh, the previous coach. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, go get me a load of firewood to get gonna, me through the winter, and gotta, I'll deliver you, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that was under Bill Dooley. I'm trying to uh, let's see. I'm gonna have to Google this real quick. Um, That's so awesome. That's a. I mean, that feels like an Eastern Kentucky type, you know, deal where you. you all right, I tell you what. 
you get my road paved. Or it's like, right? My sunside straight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's straight out of uh, it's straight out of uh, Hoosiers, you know, or not Hoosiers, uh, blue chips. Uh, yeah. You know, get me a tractor. Um, <laughs> right. Let's see. I'm trying to. Uh, I'll have to. I'm going to look it up. But I, I think how that do you was mess that? How do you leave a paper trail on a truckload of truckload of May honestly, maybe I just completely made that up. But I'm pretty sure that's one of the stories I heard. Anyway, I don't care if it's make believe or not. Yeah. It's great. They yeah. they they had cratered as a program, and they did not have a lot of history. Um, and he built that thing from from the ground up, and he went through some really big struggles in the first six years he was there. They almost fired him in year six. Uh, and then in year seven, he began what is uh, a bowl streak that has never ended since 1993. They've been to a bowl every year. Yeah. Um, and, and so people used to ask me that when I f- was first here covering Kentucky, like, are, what, could, what could they take from it? Is there any similarities? And as Stoops got here and got this thing going, I did see some. And part of it was, you know, you've got to get buy-in from the administration. You've got to, in which obviously Beamer had for them to stick with him for six years. They obviously were very patient with Mark here, the facilities, all that stuff, because they built the stadium. At, you know, they've really made the stadium beautiful and kind of a landmark at Virginia Tech and some other facilities. But the other piece of it was Frank Beamer said right early on, uh, you know, if we can get the best players from Virginia, we can compete for a national title. Because they weren't at the time. University of Virginia was really good in the early '90s. They yeah. shared a national championship. You know, Virginia was was top dog. They were getting all the best players in Virginia. Uh, and Beamer just went to war, and they started to get those guys, uh, and they got some program changers, Cornell Brown and some others, guys that became national players of the year at their position. You know, obviously Michael Vick was homegrown. Uh, oh, got, yeah. You know, guys like that. Uh, and, and Stoops kind of did that in a way that, you know, a twist on that, which is we got to get the best players in Kentucky, and we need to adopt Ohio as an in-state, basically an in-state recruiting right. territory. Yeah. And and hit that hard because, for whatever reason, even though it's right there, even though you know parts of Ohio are closer than you know parts of Kentucky that they're driving to to recruit to, Kentucky had not really done that. I mean, and, and it didn't make sense. And and of course, Stoops and Marrow are the perfect guys to do that because it is home to them. It is their home, you know, state, and so they have all these connections, deep you know roots in the state. And they were able to do that. They were able to go get the best players in Kentucky and some of the best players in Ohio and combine treating that like home territory and really planting their flag. That's how they built this program. And that's, that is the difference to me. Now, they, now because they're having success, they're able to branch out and get in some other states, but they, they built it all on that nucleus. Yeah. Um, and so last year I called Frank Beamer to say, do you see some similarities in what Mark Stoops is doing? Are you impressed? What do you think of Mark Stoops? And I wrote a whole story about that. I'll, Again, I'll tweet a link to it. But I, just last year, I talked to Frank Beamer about seeing some of himself and some of his own building uh, project at Virginia Tech in what Mark Stoops is doing here at Kentucky. Yeah, well, no doubt there are some similarities there. But um, again, um, noon on December 31st, I think before we get off this topic and move on to UK basketball, which we'll do in the next segment, I think it's a Great destination uh, for Kentucky fans. Kentucky fans love a good party. And Charlotte on New Year's Eve is going to be a good time. And 
uh, since that's a noon kickoff, you can enjoy New Year's Eve. And then most people have December, I mean, uh, January 1st, New Year's Day off anyway. So you can come back and maybe only miss one day of work uh, for the whole thing. Whereas January 2nd, you know, in Jacksonville, further away, it's a little bit different deal. So I, I think Kentucky got a really good bull bid, and I hope a lot of people go down there uh, and show out and have a good time. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk U.K. basketball. And we mentioned Tyler Hero, what he did. If you haven't heard about that, I mean, if you're just listening to us on Monday morning and you didn't catch Center and you don't know what Tyler Hero did, <laughs> just wait. We're going to tell you about it. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code CODE. That's C-O-D-E. Just pay $5 shipping. Uh, again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code to, code to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. Dan Reefer here with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic back on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And we're now talking UK basketball. We'll get to Tyler here in a minute. But uh, Kentucky got a career-high performance out of EJ Montgomery. 25 points, 9 rebounds uh, after UK beat in UK's win over fairly Dickinson, 83-52. I said they won by 30. They won by 31. Uh, Nick Richards, 12 points, 10 rebounds. His fourth double-double in his last seven games. Uh, then Calipari was asked about the both of those guys. He was critical about Montgomery, and then he said he didn't think Nick Richards played very well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good sign when your two big guys that were, came into the season as the biggest question marks, you know, combined for thirty five and nineteen, and you or or thirty seven and nineteen, and you you pick them apart. I mean, yeah, that's a good that's a good position to be in. I. I EJ Montgomery is, you know, one, Nick Richards, five straight really good games. You know, uh, that to me jumps out because it's consistency. Like, can he keep doing this? Well, he does keep doing it. Over the last five games, he's averaged 15.6 points and 9.6 rebounds. Uh, And Ashton Hagens in those same five games, same thing. He's turned into a total assist machine. He's he's averaging 15.5 points and nine assists. Over the last five games, he had yep. back-to-back double-digit assist games, uh, 12, which was a, a tie to career high, and then the last game, 11. Um, so I think it's 23 assists and two turnovers or four, maybe, yeah. maybe four turnovers. Ridic- either way, a ridiculous uh, 
He's uh, fifty six to twenty six on the season. Fifty six. Um, that and that is way that is a major difference from last year. Yeah. Um, and then EJ Montgomery backing up a career high the game before with another career high in points. You know, forty one points, seventeen rebounds, three blocks, and just two turnovers. The other thing. Again, like Cal is clearly trying to get him going because he's getting to take so many shots. He's now taken twenty nine shots. Well, he was twelve of sixteen. Yeah, again took the the high man on shots. Twelve of sixteen. And so he's made nineteen of twenty nine, which is a great number for him. And you know they're not all layups and dunks. Like he's hitting some of those different ways. Yeah, mid range jump shots and jump hooks and you know the things that you need to see. He's supposed to be their skilled big guy, like the guy who can really uh, do some things away from the basket. He missed both three pointers in the last. He took one in each of the last two games and missed them both. That hasn't really gotten going for him yet, which I do think eventually he'll be a, a big who can shoot threes. But he's hitting that elbow jumper and the turnaround uh, jump shot at the free throw line, and, and and you know he did that against the zone a couple times uh, on Saturday. That to me is super encouraging because you, mm-hmm. you you know you know now you can almost always count on Ashton Hagens to play well, offense and defense. You know Nick has been steady Eddie. If you if you can get this out of him, and like the reality is too, we still haven't even remotely seen the best of Tyrese Maxey, and he had a rough day of it, one for eight from the field, zero for three. Mm-hmm. From three, he had a he had probably his worst two point game. He had probably his worst game of his career. Um, Plus, so Whitney's far. going to be better. Yeah, there's a lot think. of guys that are going to get better, but yeah. like to be this early and and have you know Hagen's and Richards being really consistent, Montgomery having back to back kind of break, breakout games. Um, you know, Keon Brooks. Uh, Career high for him, yeah. and he, he had 15 points in 16 minutes. Uh, yeah. And he also hit some jump shots. 15 points, five rebounds, hit six of 11 shots. Um, you know, and they win a game by 31 where they only make two three-pointers. So uh, I do think as the season goes on, they'll be a pretty decent three-point shooting team. So, like, there's still a bunch that's not hitting for Kentucky, and yet we're seeing some steps forward in them that I, you know, I think there's there's a, a fair bit of reason for optimism about this team in the long, you know, in the long-term view. Yeah. Uh, the, the critical parts that Calipari was, um, what he was critical of, I should say rather of EJ Montgomery was he said he exchanged too many baskets. He was giving up too many baskets on the other end. And he said, maybe I'm asking too much, but I'm thinking long-term I'm thinking what we need to, to get from EJ, you know, all the way through. And then with Nick, he was, it was almost like he was saying with Nick, well, now you've gotten to the point where this is easy for you. You can do this against these, these type of opponents. I need you to play like you need to play against the, the Louisville, the Ohio state, the Utah, you know, that we've got coming up on our schedule because uh, that's, that's what it's going to take uh, from you to beat these guys. And I think he said something like he was, he called him arrogant. Said he got kind of arrogant and, and reverted, which <laughs> which I, I just, but like Nick Richards arrogant, yeah. After asking after asking for three years, two and a half years for him to be confident, if you have a game <laughs> where you got to knock down his arrogance, I think you're in a good spot. You <laughs> yeah. know? Uh, right. By the way, 
as we were talking, we mentioned, teased Tyler Hero. Anthony Davis just hit 50 points. Wow. Uh, against Carl Towns, by the way. He's just, he is just eating Carl Towns' lunch. Carl Towns has no prayer of defending Anthony Davis. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, one thing about going, kind of going back to uh, Kentucky and where they stand, this is, a, I guess, a minor thing, but I continue to be impressed by it and following it as it goes along. Kentucky was 17 of 19 at the free throw line. And they are now 12th in the country in free throw percentage, 79.5%. But more impressive than that, they are number one in the country among power, uh, ma- high majors, I guess you'd call them, power conference teams. They are the number one free throw shooting team in the country among uh, power teams. And so well, that's a big stat. For, a, for a thing that has been a, a bugaboo of Calipari's teams in the past, I mean, this is by far his best free throw shooting team ever. Well, you uh, want to get points wherever you can get them. Ashton Hagens is sev- was seven of seven in that game, and now for the season is like uh, I just had it. It was like he's only missed. Uh, he's forty of forty five for the season. Good grief! So he's you know they basically got two ninety percent plus free throw shooters on this team uh, between him and Quickly, and, well, and he's Maxie's approaching- right there too. And they're approaching uh, Tyler Hero-like numbers from the free-throw line. Yes, um, which is a good segue. <laughs> yes, to what the Miami Heat uh, rookie did. First of all, let's just tell you that Bam Adebayo, he, what did he have, 21-16-6 and 16 and 6 or 21-13-6, something like that. Yeah, it was um, – uh, it was Yes, it was something it. ridiculous. I had it pulled up too and I lost uh, it. Bam Adebayo, 21 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. But what Tyler Hero did – is scores he had 27 points, six rebounds, three assists. He scored 16 of the Heat's last 18 points. He hit the the uh, bucket to send it to overtime, and then scored the oh, last 11 points for the Heat in overtime. Yes, win. including three like 25 to 28 footers. Uh, there, and there's a, a clip I retweeted it from ESPN where he just dropped a dude on a uh, Put him on crossover skates. step back yeah. three. Um, he's playing really, really well and really confidently. And, uh, you know, I, I think Tyler's going to be really good. And I, the Heat are just so fun. Like, they're they're a fun young team. They've got a really cool – nucleus of guys that are all in their first three or four years in the NBA and they're Jimmy Butler hasn't ruined them yet right and Jimmy (laughs) and that's the thing like they must have some pretty strong mental makeup because Jimmy Jimmy Butler will will wreck you if you let him as Carl Towns knows Um, catching up on this it is now final the Lakers torch the Timberwolves, 142 to 125. The NBA is ridiculous. It's mm. just like no big deal. A team scores 142 points. Right. Anthony Davis had 50 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and four steals. Good grief. Uh, and LeBron James just had a just a meager 32 and 13. <laughs> uh, 13 being the assist total. LeBron, I believe LeBron is still leading the NBA in assists. Like he's just decided he's going to be. John Stockton this season, uh, and he's you know casually leading the NBA in assists. I told you off the air. I mean, I'm I'm looking at their schedule. I'm going to try to catch them this season somewhere. You know, I'm not going to LA, obviously. But yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's they, once they come east of the Mississippi, I'm going to see if I can 
find a spot to, to land and go see I need Anthony to, Davis and LeBron James in person. I need to see if they're going to play uh, any at home while uh, Kentucky's in Vegas because there's a couple days off there. Oh, yeah. There and that is. would be an easy easy enough drive over. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a season, you, you know, there are going to probably be more seasons, you know, almost certainly going to be more seasons of Davis and, and LeBron. But at some point, LeBron has to start taking a slide backwards. But that is not happening right now. And so if you see him this season, you're going to see good, yes. <laughs> you know, good uh, uh, LeBron really good LeBron and Anthony Davis who's ascending I think Anthony's pretty close to his peak right now and, and you know he's going to be in the MVP conversation this is this is a year to see them and unfortunately they are the the Lakers are home against Denver on the 22nd which is the same day I believe right the 22nd is the same day that the Kentucky plays uh, no that's Vegas. the that's the 21st. They play Ohio State on the, oh, the day after which is so a Saturday, maybe, so the Sunday, day after, yeah. Maybe I'll just abandon stay my family for day. Christmas instead. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay over. Oh, man, and then the next night, they, uh, Christmas night, they play uh, the Clippers in the L.A. battle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'll just skip Christmas. Who needs family? Well, fly them out there. There you yeah, go. Exactly. Stay with Brett Dawson. Exactly. <laughs> well, we are way over on time. Um, so, Per usual, this is now just a habit. Uh, but the good news is, is we have more to talk about uh, tomorrow on the next Locked on Kentucky podcast. There were a ton of stuff with U.K. basketball that we didn't really talk about that we can get into. And, of course, you know, the Belk Bowl. We haven't even heard from Mark Stoops yet uh, on, on his thoughts on playing this game and playing Virginia Tech. So there's plenty to talk about this week, and we'll do it tomorrow. So... Uh, make sure you tell your friends that this is the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts. And if you're not listening to it, you're just stupid. Um, <laughs> if you can follow me on Twitter at D R I E F F E R, tell me how stupid I am if you want. And Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. All right. Have a happy Monday, everyone. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.